Every musical needs a steady hand at the wheel, a leader that can shape and guide the production through rehearsals and tech and make opening night a success. The director of the show must wear many hats, sometimes calm, sometimes fierce, sometimes both. But ultimately, they must gather the people on board the ship and be responsible for the journey and the destination. But there are also directors that add choreography to their plates and have to successfully do the work of two people in a production. Today, on March 27th, World Theatre Day, we talk about this process with one of Vancouver's most well-known director-choreographers, Valerie Easton. We will talk about the challenges and rewards of directing and choreographing musical theatre, and also talk about her next show, Anything Goes, with Royal City Musical Theatre, where she must literally get the cast on board the ship and successfully to opening night on April 8th. So join us because there's no cure-like travel from the pit. Valerie Easton is a director-choreographer, and she has worked at almost every theatre in Vancouver and has worked all across Canada for over 20 years. She's choreographed many of the successful musicals at the Arts Club Theatre and has been artistic director at Royal City Musical Theatre since 2010. She's been nominated and won many awards and has been kind enough to join us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I wanted to start because I know personally that you haven't always directed choreographed. You were a performer for many years. Yes, I was. How um, did you get started? Uh, well, actually, I was singing when I was about uh, two years old. I oh. think uh, uh, my my mother's uh, mother uh, was actually on the Orpheum circuit as a performer, uh, something which I didn't find out till oh, I don't know, about 10, 10 years ago, which was really? quite surprising. I came across an old photo, and I, I asked my aunt, I said... I thought they were very religious people, and she's in a low-cut gown with with a net around her shoulders. And my aunt said, well, that's her resume. That's her, her billboard picture that would sit outside the theater. So that came as a complete shock to me. But it wow. did make sort of sense that uh, my mom uh, kind of steered me into into theater. And uh, for a, a long time, until I was married and had kids, I was actually a performer, um, an actor on stage. And uh, so I left it for a while. And when I came back, I was on the other side of the table as a choreographer. <laughs> and was that an easy transition for you to, to switch? Yeah, I think it was. I did a lot of teaching in, in those years. Um, uh, when I did have small kids at home and, uh, I really enjoyed working with kids and doing musical theater with them and found that was a real passion of mine. Right. <clears throat> but eventually I, I, it became the schedule of it became too much. And, uh, so I'd stopped doing that and then thought, well, no, I really, I really do like doing this. And I came back, uh, on the other side of, as a choreographer. Right. Um, I know you've done lots of work at the Arts Club Theatre, and I know you were a performer there also. <laughs> and so is that how you you <clears throat> got into Meet Bill? And how did that all happen with that? Actually, uh, I knew Bill before as a performer, but mm-hmm. when I came back to do choreography, it was actually through Bruce Kellett, right. who uh, was actually had attended a, a Theatre Under the Stars um, show and had gone back to Bill and said, I think you should have, you should talk to her about choreographing your shows. And that's how, that was the first show I choreographed at the Arts Club was, uh, I believe, My Fair Lady. Oh, right. 
I won't ask you what year that was. No, I don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last time that they did My Fair Lady. Um, one of my favorite shows, actually, a lot, too. And I know that you had just done it at Royal City recently also. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which I love that production. It was fantastic. Did you start it as a choreographer after coming out of performing? Uh, when did you start directing shows? Was uh, it quite a way? Well, I think it was uh, um, actually RCMT. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I don't, actually, that's not true. I think it was Gateway. Then I started working with Bob Metcalf Mm -hmm. uh, on some of the shows that they did out there. And uh, I I was always involved a little bit with with RCMT uh, as sort of uh, a consultation person. Um, And and I've always had a soft spot for for that uh, that theatre company. And uh, um, when Lloyd Nicholson came on board as... as, um, was he artistic, artistic director? Oh, yeah, yes, right. sorry. Uh, as yeah. he, when he came on as our, uh, of artistic director, um, I had been working with him quite a bit at right. that point, and so I I started doing work with them, and we sometimes co-directed things, right. and that's how I sort of got started. You worked together quite a bit with him. Did you ever perform with Lloyd when he when he was? Yeah, performing? actually, early, way early on. Uh, um, there was a, uh, a fundraiser for the David Y. H. Louis oh, yeah. Theater. Right. Um, and uh, I performed with Jeff Hislop and we did this Fred Fred Ginger kind of number. Right. And um, Lloyd uh, did a piece with another man whose name escapes me, mm-hmm. dueling sort of grand pianos they wow. played. And uh, so I'd never actually worked with him in a show. Right. Um, but it's interesting. He's actually... Uh, musician come director yeah uh, but he had gone through through university as a as as an actor as well but of course his musical talents were so over the top that's became what he was best known for so. yeah yeah it's true you know um Lloyd was so interesting that way. I mean, you could have endless conversations with him about anything oh, yes. that would go on at the time. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen him to do a dueling piano um, piece with somebody. That would have been great. When was the first time you can remember that you blended the two together? Well, I think I've always sort of been a bad, you know, behind the scenes directing because right. usually, uh, not usually, but a lot of shows I found... Uh, the separation between the direct, the director and the choreographer kind of ends up what ends up happening to the number is it becomes strictly a choreographic piece mm-hmm. and there's no story line through it it doesn't relate to um, the actual script and I think that's what kind of drew me to directing as well is because I think what you know for a lot of shows not for every show but it's really important that the storyline is told through the choreography of the piece and not we finish talking and now we're going to dance for a while and then we'll come back. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's, that's sort of what started me in that direction. And I think that's what uh, the reason um, I started working at the arts club is. I think that Bruce sort of saw that, that, Mm. that it was tied together with, with the show and not just a standalone piece. Right. Well, I mean, the tradition for a long time, it was, uh, you know, coming from that vaudeville. Oh Yeah. It's just a piece. You'd come out, all the dancers would come out, they would all leave and everything would move on. Well, it's actually yeah. funny we're talking about this because anything goes is just like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, actually, because, uh, that's not true. There are some uh, ballads that have little storytelling things right. in them between the love interest characters. So there mm-hmm. is right. that. But basically, it's a vehicle to get a lot of people on stage and dance big time. 
It's true. And, you know, uh, someone made a re- great point about, I think it might have been Peter in the last episode, about movies and movie musicals at the time. They had to create a conceit in which for everyone would come out dancing you know, mm-hmm. at some point. So the easiest thing to do was to do a show within a show. So those always happen all the time, like 42nd Street. It's a little bit like right. that also. Um, but Anything Goes is clever because they have a uh, cabaret singer in the show. That yes. So it's they, it's the proper vehicle for those things to happen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, I know that you're doing the, is it the 87, the version, the Beaumont version of the show? Is that yes, right? it is. There, there are two Beaumont, uh, right. uh, versions, which, mm-hmm. uh, we had a little bit of fun with because they kept sending us the book for one and the score for the other, or the score oh. for one and the book for the other. And meanwhile, I'm trying to block scenes and things. So right. <laughs> it was getting a little crazy, but I think we finally narrowed it down to one script one. that works. <laughs> Good. No, it's very exciting. It's it's a fun piece. Um, what does it translate better, director choreographer rather than other duos? Like you were talking about Bruce being, um, you know, or sorry Lloyd coming from music and then directing. Uh, often you don't see music director choreo- uh, Sorry, music director directors very often. Yeah, that's a little little different. But I think, as I said, I think he. Were his he really was a performer. I mean, you could tell that when you mm-hmm. when you talk with him. But you know how it is in this business. If you have a skill that you can make money from doing, then you do that. And he was mm-hmm. an excellent musician. And because he was an actor, he was he also music directing. He he really um, directed the people in the songs, mm-hmm. and and. You know, rather than just sing from one end to the other, he had lots of thoughts about how the music would go and how the how the uh, the words would play and how to make that happen. And then that's that's sort of a skill over and above. Usually, I mean, I mean, that's not really true, I guess. But <laughs> but I think that's uh, uh, I think that for him was what what made him move in that direction. He would be musical directing a show and and not be happy with how the person was acting it. And sometimes the director would not be the person to uh, see that that music needed to be done a different way. And right. he, he took that up. And I think that's, that's where he came from. Where, right. And then he worked with a lot of kids at studio 58, mm-hmm. which uh, is all of, all of the people that work with young actors uh, have a, a voice in shaping um, their performances. So I think mm-hmm. that that became uh, he became a director out of teaching skill, I guess, you know, right. Um, yeah, and I could definitely see that. And uh, with the legacy of, of the people there and, and the classes that they teach now, mm-hmm. too, it's, it's great. Um, but you see a lot of uh, director choreographers, did you have any Anybody that you looked up to in that role that were, that were famous? I mean, there's a lot of very famous people that did it. Gower Champion did it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Drum Robbins, anybody. But anything that you gleaned onto that, that you liked? All of those people. Right. I mean, really, it 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 just made sense to me. I mean, mm-hmm. for for a while there, I mean, I'm I'm actually, I'm still very happy to work as a choreographer um, with, with a fantastic director because right. 
the the hard thing about choreographer and director is is the communication. Mm-hmm. And does the director have the same vision? Do or, or do you have to fit your mind into what the director wants, which sometimes is hard and sometimes maybe goes against what you think is the correct way of doing it. And so I think that's kind of maybe what sort of got me uh, on the on the road to doing that is because uh, when it's your own piece you can shape the direction that it's going and you're not having to try and fit into somebody else's idea of how it's supposed to go. And, and that's just me. Mm-hmm. Other people really like doing them, just doing the one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. I mean, there's fabulous choreographers who don't ever want to direct anything, but in, in a yeah. way you, you have to anyway, as I say, if it's story driven, if it's, it's, it's gotta be the right kind of choreography for, for the piece. Uh, anytime that people are on stage, I, there's some direction involved, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, have you ever had to struggle with your own vision about something with where you're directing? Oh, yeah. 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 I've, I've done, uh, I've done things where I've gone, I've looked at something and gone, I really hate that. That doesn't <laughs> look, that's awful. And yeah. gone, okay, we're, we're starting fresh. Let's, let's take another stab at this. And people right. are usually horrified, but, but <laughs> usually if I come down to that decision that I don't like what I've done, I've, I've got a really clear vision and it's fast and, and we just do it. Right. So, um, do you find that's an important skill to be able to do as a director changing your mind? Oh yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the hardest things is, you know, in theater and I'm not talking about Broadway or any of those big companies that have tons and tons of money is, is the short, uh, rehearsal period. Right. There's only time to, uh, choreograph the piece, whatever. There's no time to go back and look and see that maybe you don't, you're not happy enough with, with what you did. There's no time to go back and, and redo it, which is, you know, I mean, Broadway shows don't happen in four weeks. No, No, they don't. And uh, so I think that that's one of the things, and it's a strictly a money, a money thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. if we could afford to have more rehearsal time and it's great, you can go back and look at it and think, no, I can do better with that. And, uh, you know, so it's a luxury that most theater companies just don't have. you found working as an artistic director at, at a company uh, since 2010 you said at, at Royal City yeah uh, yeah I think no yeah maybe a bit earlier or maybe a bit earlier yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like it it's it's tricky uh, um, but you get to know I mean I think um, I started sort of that, that way a long way back I, I've had experience in uh, being in production meetings and mm-hmm. sort of all of the things that are behind the scenes and so it seemed like a natural sort of progression and mm-hmm. I actually kind of fell into it the first year 
because Lloyd passed away. Mm -hmm. And we were in the midst of doing a show. And uh, so I just stepped up and 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 then be, became interested in the in the sort of business side of it mm-hmm. uh but it's it's time consuming but it's sure. it's rewarding as well there's some wonderful wonderful people to work with and i i i like the fact that um that we can keep a big company like that going it's just such yeah. a beautiful theater and we have resources as a company that not maybe not maybe we're the only one in uh in Vancouver area mm-hmm. that has some of those resources and fighting to save that theater, which I'm happy to say has been, that fight is over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, so the, the Massey will remain and, uh, which is, I, I feel really good about that. There's a lot of people who've fought to keep that theater alive. So, mm-hmm. so it's great to have a big company in there and, um, be able to produce big musicals, which is, yeah. Great. Um, for people that don't know that may be listening, uh, how many seats is the Massey? Do you know offhand? Uh, 1250, 1250 seats. So right. it's a very big theater. Very big theater. And it's quite old, right? It's been really- Yeah, I think it was built, don't quote me on this, but sure. I think it was built around the 1950s or the late, late 40s. Right. Um, so it's not like your heritage. Well, it is, I guess, a heritage place, but it's, it's not you know, one of those Pantages theaters or right. one of those. But it's still, you know, when you're standing on that stage and you look out at that sea of red velvet seats and mm-hmm. the balcony, it's pretty spectacular. You know, things can become very clinical now uh, a lot when certain new buildings become very, you know, hospitalized and very yes. dry. It's nice to see some character. Well, I mean, the fact is, you know, when they were uh, talking about tearing it down and I was on a committee to re- to do the new Massey Theater, that mm-hmm. was... and. What uh, I guess the architects and things didn't really realize is that, and a lot of people don't realize, it's not just the space, that there are things in that theater that we could never afford now to duplicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's sound quality, uh, the uh, the fly gallery, the, uh, it still has uh, working ropes, it's still... Um, right, wow. Uh, which, it's one of the only ones left in Canada, and... Uh, so, so there's a lot of history there, and and you know to rebuild something like that, the cost would just be astronomical, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And people think, oh well, all you need is a stage. Well, no, no. <laughs> there's a bit more that goes along with it. Exactly. So it's interesting to try and educate people who are used to just building a building that it's not just a building. It there's a lot of other things that that are important um, yeah. to to the place. You know, I've I've walked in a couple, into a few new theaters in, in my time, and uh, a few things that always make me laugh a little bit in my head is they always forget about the pit, or they forget <laughs> that there is or there should be something, you mm-hmm. know, there under the stage. Yeah. And often you get to these places, and they say, "Oh, you know, we built this thing," and you look and you're, "This is not going to put. You can't put anybody in this. It's impossible." Yeah. Who did you ask to consult on That's this? It. This thing, you know, they don't bring any, you know, theater professionals in generally to tell you what you need. It's it is quite baffling. Well, actually, yeah. there's a funny story about the Massey Theater because uh, the Massey Theater does have a pit, but mm-hmm. uh, somebody uh, because it's attached to a school for whatever reason they decided to fill it in. So um, you can actually go underneath the stage and see how they've filled it in. It isn't entirely filled in. They've put put big posts across it and then a layer of concrete. And uh, but I'm told that when when the the time comes and they renovate, that uh, they're going to have a 
demolition party and that pit's going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That is fantastic. Yeah. Great. I mean, I keep saying, can't we just do it now? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> come on. Fine. I'm sure I could find people with hammers. We could do it. <laughs> Easy as pie. Yeah. Um, but you know, those decisions get made a lot, you yeah. know, without a lot of artistic uh, input, Yeah. but I'm glad that it's been saved. That's fantastic. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And, uh, there was a long process. I know. A very long process. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I was protesting towards for it, like before I became uh, artistic director, yeah. I'd just hang out and go, no, we can't mow down another theater because we used to have the same uh, theaters that they have in Toronto, but yeah. the powers that be decided the mall would be better. So yes. we have a mall instead. And um, again, for people that are listening that don't necessarily know, in Vancouver and, and the lower mainland in general, there's a move to you know modernize a lot of things. Uh, but in New Westminster, where, where the theater is, there was a whole bunch of interesting theaters. The Burr was mm-hmm. out there. Um, and the Massey, of course, too. And there's a few that have just been converted, you know, into other things or they've yep. fallen into disrepair. And we have a lack of theater space in Vancouver yes. anyway. Yep, we do. In for quality theaters and ones that sit at a certain size of seats. You know, we don't yeah. have that many. Yeah. Uh, They're all I, gone. I mean, I'm, I was really happy. I think Laugh Lines took over one of those theaters and mm. now um so i'm like oh it's good one of them good. one of them's got a, a tenant which is great um yeah i mean and vancouver uh granville street uh used to be called theater row mm-hmm. and uh there used to be i don't know six or eight theaters across the street from each other and one by one the last one to get to that was probably on the chopping block and there was a big uh, um, movement to save the Orpheum Theater, and yeah. that was one of the only ones that that survived. Oh, gosh. There used to be six or seven of those you're types the of theaters. So. You're the purple light of a summer night in Spain. You're the National Gallery, your garbo celery, your cellophane. You're sublime. You're a turkey dinner. You're the time. Of the Derby winner I'm a toy balloon that's faded soon to pop But if baby I'm the bottom, you're the top You're the top You're an arrow collar You're the top You're a Coolidge dollar You're the nimble tread of the feet of Fred Astaire How often have you ever directed with other choreographers before? Have you been the director and not the choreographer? No, I haven't. But it's something that I've thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it would be great, successful for you? I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I would be uh, careful to choose the right person. Right. Um, so, so it has it has occurred to me um, that it might be kind of in a fun thing to do. Sure. I'd love to get your thoughts on how you work with your music directors. Um, or people that you've worked with, what's the relationship like? Um, do you talk ahead of time about cuts and dance cuts, or is that a decision that you make and then you consult, or how does that I think work? Usually, it's uh, well, it can be either way because it sometimes shows the length of shows is uh, an issue um, for reasons of uh, if, if if it's a professional band, um, if the show goes. Uh, over time, like in fifteen-minute increments, the costs to for the musicians 
rises mm -hmm. for those 15 minutes. And you may not think that's a lot of money, but over, over as you know, a long period of time, it amounts to quite a lot. So, um, quite often we're limited to a specific time. The show has to be finished at a specific time. So you've got to look at ways to, um, to, uh, if the show is longer than that, you got to look at ways to retrieve that, that time. So sometimes you can just cut an entire number. Mm -hmm. If it's something you're like, nobody's really too, it's not musically interesting. It's not story moving forward kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we just decide to cut a kind of number, but in shows like, like Les Mis or those, you can't do that. No. You have to find bars. You can do some bars <laughs> here and some bars there. Yeah. And I mean, I think, uh, uh, a couple of times we've done shows where um, the musical director will actually sit at home w with a timer on and and record, you know, 15 seconds of this, 30 seconds of that, one minute of that, and actually come up with overall manage to cut 12 minutes out of the show, which right. is, it's a huge uh, thing to do. And then sometimes, like for me, <clears throat> that will happen. They'll cut music. I'll go, no, 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 but I really like that section of the music that's i'd rather cut a different part mm -hmm. that you know that's I, I really feel i want to choreograph to that bit so we'll so it's a collaboration really mm -hmm. um and and the other thing i love uh, <clears throat> like as an art as a person who does the, the directing choreography i really like to have uh, a musical director that um i can bounce ideas off of or that mm -hmm. has ideas that is that's really part of the of of the team and not just somebody who's who's just gonna play or do <clears throat> do whatever I, I how I want it. So sure. that's and I find that that's really important to me when there's only two of us, not a not a three person team. Right, of course. That yeah. there's <clears throat> there's somebody that's got ideas and is exciting and gives energy and that's I, I like that. Sure. <clears throat> With your choreography work and your direction work, do you do a lot of prep work beforehand? Or is it something you tend to do a lot on the fly? Or is it for choreography? Or is it? I do quite a bit of prep work. And I actually like write out notes and stuff for choreography, bar, you know, bar this, we're doing that, bar that. And then I, I do find, though, that when I get up on my feet, I go, no, I don't really, that, okay, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, you know, so it's, it's kind of, I guess, a, um, a way to channel your thoughts in the right direction, but it doesn't always work when you're actually with people in the room. Mm -hmm. I mean, as I say, with talking about bigger shows with huge budgets, I mean, you would have groups of people that you would go in and experiment choreography on and, yeah. and there's collaborate with them or they would bring something to it as well. So yeah. it's, it's a little harder when you got to walk into the rehearsal hall day one and, you know, we've got three hours to choreograph this piece and it has to be done because then the director needs to work on the scenes and the musical director has to work on the music before you can actually do the choreography. So there's three people uh, vying for that short period of time before you go into tech rehearsal. So, mm -hmm. so as I say, you have to be kind of, you know, um, get it done. Sure, absolutely. Do you like to be involved in the music rehearsals at all? Do you do you pop in there? Yeah, I do. Because um, it helps me visualize what I'm going to do mm -hmm. uh, with it. And um, sometimes the uh, uh, recordings, if you listen to recordings of musicals that have been done before, they don't always have uh, 
the full piece. No. And and so it's a, it's an opportunity for me to hear. And there's always little nice little quirky things in the music that I want to um, speak to. Mm-hmm. And so you need to hear those things to know, oh, that, I'm going to do something with that right. bit. Or, you know. That's great. Um, yes, I don't know. I think it's the bane of my existence cast recordings because you know they everyone says oh this is how the song goes but i mean of course for time and just fitting it on a cd or whatever they have to cut a lot of dance music oh, right. Out, right or they do it really fast because they, <laughs> everything's really up tempo yeah everything's up tempo <laughs> like, i don't think we can actually do it that That's fast right. yeah there's no way we could do it. i mean you know hairspray is a good example you know as a show too because it's it's quick generally anyway too and yeah. there's a lot of songs in that they're just you know they're flying through that number an interesting thing that we picked up on looking in the in the playbills on broadway is there's a new um, not new, maybe, but a position called musical staging, which has become like a person now. In a lot yeah, of shows. I mean, that's actually it's I, I actually do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I've always find it funny that that I'm still the title choreographer. And I, you know, I've said to Bill, I'm like, you know, this I'm really just staging this. I'm not. There's no dance moves, per se, right, right. in it. Or there's a some sort of quirky thing that happens to be part of the character of somebody that I'm working with. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be working on a million dollar quartet a little bit. Right. And it's, it's, it's actually a question that I have to, I, I want to check out cause I, there's no choreography in right. million dollar quartet, yeah. but there are, they are iconic figures that, were kind of known for their personalities, which means the way they, way they played and their, the look that they had when they were playing the piano or mm-hmm. playing the guitar or whatever it is they they did and their their character traits, and um, so it's interesting. Yeah, there's yeah. It, it, yeah, it's it's actually something that's quite fun too. It is, and I think <clears throat> certainly becoming quite prevalent on Broadway because a lot of actors uh, play instruments, perhaps you know, which is like Million Dollar Quartet mm-hmm. will be. Um, you know, once is like that too. And there's a few other shows. Um, and we saw a couple like come from away, which is the new sort of Canadian, you know, premiere that's on Broadway right now. They have lots of ages, lots of body shapes, lots of, um, different people and they all have to move, but it's not really choreography as much as it's getting into place and moving pieces and and being like that. Have you ever thought about any shows that you have as a dream show that you wanted to direct that you haven't done yet? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just saw Matilda um, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yes. Oh, man, I love that show. <laughs> yeah. Someday, as, uh, um, someday I'd like to do that one. Yeah. Um, um, what did you like about this Matilda? What, what stood out to you? It was a musical or it is a musical that has a very strong book um quite often a lot of the musicals uh you know the storyline's pretty thin um this is not it's very uh, it's it's very much a play hmm. um and i really like the movement that was that was done in that show um it was oh, man those people work so hard um hmm. 
just about every word is staged. It's, but it's not in a way that's in your face, but it's very exciting. And, and a lot of the people that are in it are not dancers. So there again, it's, it's interesting. It's movement to music. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's character driven. It's like the moves the kids do or moves that you would see kids do at a playground. Right. Or so it has a, it, uh, I mean, there is dancing in it too. And there's sure. a big tango number and all that stuff, which is fantastic. But I just really liked uh, the look of it. And I liked, um, I liked the story. And I, it, it, I, I guess it was a British uh, show first. And mm-hmm. it was done, I guess, with the National Theatre, I think. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes sense that it, it, it had more story than a lot of musicals do. So I, I just right. loved it. It's my, my big fave. Yeah, right great. Now. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see it, but I hear it's, I mean, it's obviously touring around with few of our friends that are in the mm-hmm. show, which is yeah. great. And um, it's nice to see it be a success. I think it's interesting. You were talking about that too, how it's character driven and, and the, the movement is like that. We're talking about musical staging. Um, it, it seems to be something that, you know, Fosse obviously really gleaned onto when he was chore- doing choreography. And um, it, we, it kind of changed a little bit and had, we lost a little bit of that um, for a while, but now it's coming back. It's almost as if the, the world, we can, we can accept this sort of movement from people. It's more interpretive. It's more character-driven than it used to be, where you'd actually have to be do full ballet or jazz. Or, yeah. You know, it's different now. It's different now, yeah. And yeah. I think, um, I don't know, maybe hip-hop had a bit of a hand in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just that um, there started to be different ways of moving. And it for a while there, the two things were very far apart. But now, uh, you know that style of dance really is a style of dance now, whereas before it was just sort of what you, you know, it, it didn't really, it wasn't really legit, I suppose, right. as a, as a style, but now it really is. And it's, it's, um, allowed, uh, uh, dance to integrate with it. And it, and it's a different form of, it's not the kind of thing where you need to have ballet training in order to be able to do it. You, mm-hmm. you, it's it's a style of its own, right? Um, so and I think that uh, freed up a lot of people to do things that were yes, we can rehearse this and we can get that. Is it's not like you don't your body will never be able to do this because you didn't don't have the training. Mm-hmm. So it's a different thing, and they they both exist and they're both fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, it'll yeah. be interesting to see where it goes and how you know moving forward, you know, uh, how movement uh, changes or stays the same mm-hmm. going forward. Do we bring dance back? I mean, I guess we'll never really lose uh, the Broadway connection. With, yeah, I don't know, think so. I mean, things like, you know, classical musicals like Phantom and, and you know, any of the old musicals that are done as remounts would still have that, that yeah. flavor um, or, they, you know, bring them back. Um, but 
then there's other things like, you know, Hamilton that that has its own style. I mean, mixes yeah. things up. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, so. I think it's great. And Royal City, obviously, part of the, the mandate is to try and do bigger shows, family-friendly shows. What What is the mandate uh, to do? That? I think... I, I think I would say more classical, classic musicals, right. uh, which doesn't mean they're all old. I mean, uh, you know, um, some of them are newer, but they have that sort of uh, style. Right. Because, um, I mean, Les Mis, I think, is a classic musical. Phantom is a classic music, classical musical. Mm-hmm. And they, they sort of follow a, a form um which is maybe different from some of the smaller musicals that have come up, you know, like Spelling Me, whatever, that's a different style. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what we do, uh, but not always. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to switch it up sometimes. Sure, yeah. yeah. Did you ever envision yourself doing anything outside of theater, or were you always involved in it? Uh, I, I grew up doing um, really... Oh, it's a long story. But, um, no, I, I grew up performing, and I didn't really start doing theater till I was about 17, and then I moved into um, being in musicals with someone named Grace McDonald. Right. And uh, she was the first person that really inspired me, and she was the first, uh, one of the first people that um, cast me in a, as a, a role. Mm. Uh, and so from there, it just was sort of... It just seemed right. It's it's always been been a, a love. Um, I mean, I I don't know. You know, if I hadn't been performing my whole life, I may have done something else. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting story. Yeah, but <clears throat> no desire to do anything else. Uh, I think at one point I I wanted to um, study archaeology. <laughs> oh really? Yes. Yeah. Me too. Actually, that's that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. I love history. I'm a big history buff. Me too. And, and, uh, and uh, that was my sort of intention through high school and oh. until I started doing theater and then right. everything just fell by the wayside. Oh, it's funny how fast that works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When you go into auditions um, and or callbacks, or, um, how clear is your picture of the, 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 the characters? Or you, Has anyone changed your mind? Is that something that's easy when you get in there? Yeah, people have changed my mind. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I like that when that happens. Sure. It's like, well, I've always thought it's going to be this. Right. And then somebody comes in, you go, oh, that's cool. Maybe, oh, and it's exciting. Right. Um, Do you, you know, go in with a clear picture of how you want the, the characters I, I think to I have a fairly good idea of, yeah, of, of what, what it needs to be. But I'm, as you, as you said, I'm not. It doesn't have to be exclusively that. If you can, if somebody walks in and <clears throat> and is, you know, notably different, but also has a really interesting spin on something, it's it's uh, it's great. And right. you know, especially if it's a show that's done a lot, mm-hmm. um, that maybe gives the entire show a different little bit of a twist. Or and that you could build on that. You go, oh well, if I have that for that person, then maybe there's it, it just gets your mind going sure in your career um and life uh, what are you what are you the most proud of to this point in my career yeah oh i don't know that's a really tough question because i love everything that i'm working on at the moment mm-hmm. i think uh a show that we did a few years back a will rogers follies was one of my very favorite shows right. that i ever did um, 
And it, it's hard in, in this town because people don't tend to come out to shows that they've never heard of, which is kind of a shame. Um, but it's a fact. And you can tell from what goes on around the city that, you know, other than the Fringe Festival or something like that, that people don't take a lot of risks with the material that they present because you can't. You can't afford to not be able to sell it. But right. uh, Will Rogers was a bit of a risk. <laughs> right. And I do have another show that I would like to do that is also a bit of a risk. Right. We have to find the, the, right, the right time to do it sure. um, when it's not going to break the bank to do, yeah. to do something that's um, not done. So. Tell, tell me a bit just before before we end um, about your relationship with Bill, and I know that he's uh, retiring. Yes, um, which is great for him. I think that's fantastic. He's obviously um, it's time, but how does he? Tell me about your relationship with him over the years. Well, I think uh, you know when we first started out, uh, um, uh, I we weren't close, right? But I think um, I think he liked what I did and my ability to do things quickly and efficiently and and sort of um, bridge some of the gaps between director and choreographer, um, you know, uh, just sort of smooth out the edges so that there wasn't sort of end of directing, beginning of, of that. And I think he appreciated that about me. But over the years, I mean, we've we've just become really good friends and uh, lots of laughs together. And uh, so it's it's been a really great relationship and he has really supported me and given me lots of opportunities. And, uh, you know, when I first went in to say, look, I really want to direct a show. And he's like, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I think... Uh, I proved myself to, to be able to do good work in that regard. I mean, part of the, the problem with that is is that we don't get to work together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for quite a long time, it was Bruce Kellett, Bill, and I, and then Bruce retired pretty much four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he shows up occasionally, but but right. I think his heart really um, isn't in it. But mm-hmm. uh, those years when the three of us were working on shows, it was a really lovely collaboration. And uh, and Bill will always be a friend and a very, very smart businessman and uh, just so successful in the way he's run that company and given work to so many actors. I mean, where would we be if there was no arts club? I, Absolutely. Um, you know, so, so the transition to someone new is going to be it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's right. If anyone was interested in, in getting into direction or choreography, I'm sure you've learned many lessons over the years. Is there something that stands out to you that it's like rules of thumb or rules of thumb to make sure that people are doing? Or something that you do that you, you feel strongly about? Uh, I just, I think uh, one of the things I learned to do through trial and error was mm-hmm. really if you wanted somebody to... Um, change something that they're doing is try if you give them first give them an option of or a suggestion of how to do something and it doesn't work was is to be able to come at the same problem with from different directions something that makes a connection to them because sometimes what you say just 
doesn't ring a bell with them. So I think you have to be able to rephrase or rethink or approach it in a different way. Um, and, and I think the actor doesn't feel frustrated by that because if you keep saying the same thing over and over again and they're not getting it, uh, it's just frustrating. Um, can you tell me a little bit about Anything Goes as a, as a show? How, how is that going? I know you're uh, opening soon. We're opening soon. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really amazing show. The interesting thing about it is um, I actually, that was one of my first professional uh, jobs oh. um, that I, d- I did Anything Goes at Citadel Theatre when I was about 18. And uh, I played a character called Bonnie, who is the gangster's mall. Um, uh, but this new uh, edition is quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, they've changed a lot of things. They've taken out songs and some of which I'm kind of sad that they, they took out, but mm-hmm. the way it's structured, it, it makes sense that that's the way it goes. But it, it originally came from um, a show called red hot and blue. Uh, and Ethel Merman was the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, evangelist singer. Uh, and it, it kept, it, it, it's uh, one of those shows that it has continually evolved Um so it's not the same show that I did when mm. that first off, and yeah. they haven't even—they don't even name her the same character. Her name is Irma. Irma now, yes, right. And uh, yeah. but I'm—I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's clever, and it, it gives a bit more story than than what the original had. Right. Um, uh, we've got a wonderful cast. Um, Madeline Sudeby is playing Reno, and Daniel White is playing Billy, and we have Andrew Cowden playing. Uh, the gangster mm-hmm. um, and Laura Ross is playing Irma. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a, we have a really wonderful cast and, uh, and when do you move into the theater? We move into the theater this coming Saturday, which I think is like the oh, yeah. f- first first. Yeah. I think it sounds right. Yeah. Wow. It's soon. Yeah. It's very exciting. And um, how many cast members do you have sort of roughly? Uh, about 30. 30. Oh, yeah. yeah. It'll look like a nice boat. It full. will look like a nice full boat. And we have a, a ramp uh, that goes around the uh, orchestra. So oh, that's great. kind of fun. We have, so it can be like the prow of the boat kind of thing. Fantastic. Yeah. It's nice to be able to integrate. Um, I know I think you did that for Hello Dolly. Yeah. We too, used right? it for Hello yeah, Dolly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, and it goes up on April 8th. Is that right? I think. Yeah. We have yeah. previews, I think the 6th and 7th. Um, anyway, they, it, I'm sure it's, if you want to look at it, it's on the, sure, on the website or, um, uh, I appreciate your time very much for coming in and it's, it'll be lovely. I'm, I'm very excited to see the show, uh, coming up soon. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That was my conversation with Valerie Easton. Her latest direction and choreography can be seen at Royal City Musical Theatre's production of Anything Goes, opening April 8th. For more information, visit our website, fromthepitpodcast.com. And remember to leave us a comment on iTunes so we can bring more quality podcasts to you. I'm Chris King. Thanks for joining us.